Good morning and welcome to my View from the Rim podcast. It is the 7th of September, Wednesday. Good morning. Thank you so much for listening. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, um, well, and come follow me, which is the study program for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. We're working on the Old Testament this year, and we've left the historical part of the Old Testament, and we're now dealing with the Psalms and uh, getting into actually starting this week with Isaiah. Uh, But I wanted to talk before I uh, move on to what the bulk of the podcast is going to be on. I wanted to talk about the, the Psalms and Proverbs and just some thoughts on that. You know, um, the Psalms obviously were meant to be sung, and I love the fact that, you know, one of the ways that I communicate with God, and that God truly communicates with me, is through song. Not so much that the song that I'm singing at the time, but I know that there are many times where I have questions and, and, and uh, petitions of the Lord. And those petitions are frequently answered uh, through words with song. Um, we talk about the Psalms in the Old Testament and such, as well as Proverbs, but I always think uh, more of today the fact that you know we have modern-day Psalms, if you will, many of which are, of course, based on Psalms of ancient day. Uh, the uh, hymnal of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, while not considered to be strictly doctrine has much doctrine in it as well as many many different ways of of giving thanks to god for many things of petitioning god for many things of acknowledging god in all things and frequently it is those hymns where i find tremendous solace uh, in troubled times I was giving the lesson this week. I had the opportunity to do so because the normal teacher uh, was not able to make it. And she asked me uh, last minute if I would be glad to teach, which I was I was more than happy to do those. So she bailed me out all summer uh, while I was at scout camp and so more than happy to, um, in, in some small way, return the favor. Uh, and before I started my lesson, which this week was on Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, uh, I talked about Psalms, and I talked about the, the hymnal and how important it is. You know, we're told to make a joyful noise, uh, and I know that many people feel like they can't sing. I mean, I realize that I do have some talent for it now, but it's taken me years and years and years to actually acknowledge that I do have some talent for singing. Um, too exuberantly sometimes as it turns out but the key is is that we've been taught that we should take the songs to heart that we should and I and I mentioned I said you know read the songs not as the music as you're singing along but actually stop and take a word look and read the actual hymn that you're singing read the words of it understand the words what is the meaning of it a perfect one, and I'm not going to get into it because I don't have the hymnal in front of me, and I don't want to go and dig it, dig it up on my app, uh, is 
reverently and meekly now, which is a, a hymn sung before we partake of the sacrament, the Lord's Supper, or the communion, however you want to call it, we call it the sacrament in our main meetings. And this song, unlike most other songs, is written from the point of view, as written as if the Savior was saying this to us. It is an answer, if you will, to our pleadings of our heart. It is counsel for us. And so it's hymn number 185 in the uh, hymnal for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, if you want to go look it up. It's a wonderful, wonderful song all written as if it was uh, the Lord speaking to us, which I was reminded of when we start talking about Isaiah, because one of the, forgive me, my throat is very dry. Um, one of my, one of people's biggest hang up with Isaiah is one, it's, is that they don't recognize the fact that it's written as song, but two, that Isaiah switch, switches, sometimes in the same verse, the voice that is being written. Sometimes he's writing as Isaiah, sometimes he's writing as Israel, sometimes he's writing as the Lord. And that can be at times tricky to follow. But as Nephi put it, uh, he loved the words of Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah's uh, prophetic counsel and meaning are just very, very impressive. And the fact that it is difficult for some to read is the fact that they're not reading it as if they were written in song. So just a tidbit there. I just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, today and every, every church uh, that I know of has some sort of a hymnal. I shouldn't say every. Most churches have some sort of a hymnal. And so regardless of your faith... I would encourage you to go and take that hymnal, uh, book of songs, however you want to call it, and actually just look and read the songs. Read them as if you were reading the Bible, except actually do it. Uh, one of the things we talked about, the fact, is that the Bible, Holy Bible, in, in its various translations, is the best-selling book in the world ever. It's also the least read. And so, if you struggle with reading in the Bible, which I understand that people do, then go take a look at your hymnal or your, your book of songs and read it. But read it not as the songs, but read the message of each of the individual songs and see what you can learn. You will find that your eyes, eyes will be opened. You will find that new knowledge, you will find... Uh -huh new inspiration in your life. This is something that I promise you and can testify to. And I wanted to go on and talk about the upcoming uh, concert this Saturday, the September 10th, to put that out there in perspective because the podcast lasts beyond that. Uh, the concert is entitled America Belongs to God. It's at the Independence Stake Center of 705 West Walnut, I think is the address in Independence, Missouri, 7 p.m. It's a concert of song, uh, music by a choir, uh, by actually uh, several different choir, choral groups and a soloist. Um, 
regarding the two miracle, true miracle in majesty that is America, that this hemisphere, this, this nation was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, that it was founded as a result of revelation from Columbus, who was inspired to seek out the new world. He didn't know it at the time, but was inspired to go contrary to what everyone was doing at the time. To all the various explorers, to the pilgrims who came here, uh, yes, part of a corporate event, uh, they were sponsored, and they had certain results, and we can talk, the Lib, I'm sure, would love to talk about the pilgrims and their flirting by corporate mandate mandate of communism and how it nearly destroyed the colony. Well, devastated the colony, to say the least. And it wasn't until they violated their contract with corporate Britain that uh, their colony began to thrive. But the, what were they there for? They were seeking religious freedom. The Puritans, seeking religious freedom. The Quakers, seeking religious freedom. Even the Catholics that settled in Maryland what was the purpose? Maryland was established as a colony where English Catholics could go and be out from under the Church of England. Revolution won through miraculous means by the hand of God guiding those patriots. Not because of superior firepower, but because of divine providence. The Constitution of the United States, um, going nowhere for months in Philadelphia. Ben Franklin, that famous uh, theologian, not asked, why have we not sought the Lord's help, or the Father of Lights, as he referred to it? And then things began to go into place. The miracles in the War of 1812, sometimes referred to as the Second Revolution. All those are laid out, of course, in the Star Spangled Banner. But I wanted to talk a little bit about what we build on where we are because our nation has strayed from that Judeo-Christian foundation. In fact, it is intentionally being walled off. And as we do that, what do we see? We see we're struggling. We are divided. You know, uh, I don't want to say we're more divided than ever because we actually did fight a civil war because of division. But I would say that we are, if we're not there yet, and the problem, of course, is that we're not geographically aligned like we were then, but we are approaching a similar situation. And we need to stop, and we need to think about where we've been and where we're going. In 1995, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints put out... Um, the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles 
put out the proclamation of the family. And truly, the foundation of this nation, the foundation of mankind, is the family. It's modeled after our eternal family with God, our, God the Father as the Father of our spirits. Families, of course, today come in all different sizes, and while we would love to, everybody to have the ideal father, mother, children, we know that that's not possible. Some families are not able to have children. Some families are ripped apart either by death or divorce. Abuse or infidelity are things that rip families apart. Does it mean that the family is dead? No. It just makes it a different challenge. It makes it a much harder challenge. But make no mistake, the family is where everything is built. Yes, kids have their own free will. They have their agency. You know, it used to be very common that many people still use the term in the uh, Church of Jesus Christ as uh, they talk, call it free agency. Well, I want to make very clear that free agency is not free. It was paid by the Savior Jesus Christ, a, a, a terrible price of suffering as he took upon himself the sins of the world. That agency that we have to choose and to make mistakes and repent is not free. And so I try very hard not to use the term free agency. I will say free will. We were given that. But free will without, with, with consequences. Agency, uh, we have that agency because we are able to repent of our shortcomings, our sins transgressions and be able to return to good graces with our Father in Heaven. Another thing that's made made uh, very difficult and I wanted to talk uh, about a couple of songs that we're singing. One of them is We the People Give Thanks. Yes, we have Thanksgiving once a year. It's a, a, a scene of huge gluttony and such. In reality, we do not give nearly thanks as much as we should for everything that we have. We need to be grateful. We need to, uh, we need to work and create an attitude of gratitude. Realize the gifts that we've been given. And then I wanted to talk about so we the people, and let me tell you who that one's by. It's not a BB piece. It's text to music by Michael Kovac. Um, owned, the copyright's owned by Heartview Music in St. Louis. Um, our uh, director got copies of it, uh, or to able to uh, make copies using the copyright. Uh, the music was arranged by D. Tiemann or Tiemann, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. A wonderful, wonderful piece. 
count our blessings and give thanks all across this grateful nation. We, the people, bow our heads and give thanks. Thanks for food abundant, for the clothes we wear, for the homes where we live. It is a wonderful, wonderful piece, and I look forward to singing that one. Um, American Belongs to God is a whole other piece that I'm going to dedicate a whole episode to. It's one single piece as part of this program, but I'm going to dedicate a whole episode to that later on. I wanted to close by talking about this song, Standing on the Promises, by Russell K. Carter. It's an arrangement by Ryan Murphy, who is currently one of the directors of the Tabernacle Choir on Temple Square. Um, And we have to ask ourselves where we stand. Are we standing on a solid foundation, standing on the promises of Christ my King? Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. You know, the Savior talked about this, building a house on sand and building a house on a rock. Do we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we have faith in God? Do we believe and act on that faith? Do we have faith that He can forgive us of our sins? And if we have that faith, are we actually working in repentance to be forgiven of those sins? Are we striving to put those sins away? Are we striving to bring a broken heart and a contrite spirit? If so, then we are indeed standing on the promises of God. And we should daily give glory to Him. Just wanted to leave my testimony that as we do that, and none of us are perfect, well, maybe you are, I'm not, no, none of us are perfect. Some of us have a lot of failings. But we're not hypocrites in trying to do better. But the key is, are we trying to do better? If so, then we can say confidently that we are standing on the promises of God. Because we know that if we repent, we will be forgiven. And that is a promise that I know personally, that I have received a witness of firsthand. That I see it in my life that as I put away sin, as I try to be better, I can feel the Lord's presence confirming that forgiveness, confirming that I am on the right path, however crooked it may be as I try to straighten it out. We'll have more on America Belongs to God, another episode of that. Again, Saturday, uh, September 10th, Independence Stake Center. Uh, Hope to see you there, 7 p.m. Anyway, this is my view from the room. Have a wonderful night.